um, everyone check out Acts chapter 10. And we're going to read some scriptures here. It's a very important place for us Gentiles. Because this is where the Gentiles got included into the kingdom of God, basically. The Bible reads in Acts chapter 10, verse 1, There was a certain man in Caesarea, which is where we're going to next, called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. He was a praying man. He was a giving man. He feared God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter, he is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea, to which we are standing now. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, verse 9, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the six hours. So somewhere in this area, he's up on a housetop praying. I want you to check this out. This is pretty incredible. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and, and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything uncommon or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up to heaven again. So you imagine the vision he has right in this general area. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. So somewhere kind of where you're standing. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he who, who you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. There's a couple of neat things that I want to point out here. It's interesting that Simon Peter is at a place, of the place that he's not supposed to be as a Jew in that time and day. He was at a tanner. A tanner deals with dead animal skins. In his time and day and age, he wasn't supposed to be hanging around dead animals. So he's not where he's supposed to be, around something he's not supposed to be around, but God gives him one of the greatest visions and revelations in the entire New Testament for us Gentiles. What God is telling him, 
He's giving them a vision of unclean animals, and he's basically saying, I'm getting ready to include Gentiles into the kingdom of God. So verse 24, let's pick up from there. The following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And Peter, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifting up him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation, but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? So Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and, about the, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea, which is behind us. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I went to you immediately, sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now therefore we are all present before God to hear all things commanded you. Now let me tell you why this is important. Because Caesarea was a Roman seaport city built by the Romans because they didn't want to live with the Jews, and the Jews didn't want to live with the Romans. Caesarea, which is the next city we're going, was a city built on prejudice. The Romans live there, the Jews are out. The Jews don't want to be there, they don't want them there. Why? Because in Caesarea they had Roman bathhouses where they had prostitution. The gladiators and the, and the people uh, that were going and uh, competing in games did so in the nude. They had statues, they had idols, they had all this stuff. So a Jew who went to Caesarea was considered unclean. So for God to tell Simon Peter, go to Caesarea, in a Jew's mind at that time and day and age, he was basically saying, You're, God's sending me to be unclean. It was a vision he had to see three times, in other words. Cornelius is a Roman, and he's a centurion, and he's a big-time Roman officer in an unclean city. So as Simon Peter gets there, he remembers the vision of the unclean animals. So let's pick up from there. Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him, God, and works righteousness is accepted by him. Peter is giving the magic words for us Gentiles. Hey, as long as you call on the name of the Lord, guess what? You're going to be accepted into the kingdom of God. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. For a Roman to hear somebody went about doing good was such a breath of fresh air for them because for the Romans nobody did good. So he's telling them all about how good he's doing and, and what good things he's doing. And he's healing people, delivering them that are oppressed by the devil. So this was, a, this was a, a huge thing. It's a simple message, but it was precious to them. So let's go on. Just a few more verses here, and I'll conclude. It says in verse 39, And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, 
whom they killed by hanging on a tree, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witnessed that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Whoever believes on Jesus is forgiven. Verse 44, very important. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So this is very important that you catch this. The same thing happened to Romans in an unholy city as did to the Jews in the holy city of Jerusalem. So for Simon Peter and the disciples of Jesus, you have Gentiles that are in a Gentile city filled with wickedness and they're receiving the same gift that the disciples did. That is very, very difficult for a Jewish disciple at that time and day and age to receive. Here's what I want you to know. The Holy Spirit waits for us to build our little spiritual card houses. You remember little card houses? And then the little brother or sister comes by and they kick them over. He waits for us to build our little card houses and then he just blows it over. It, what God is saying to us is there is no male and female. There's no Jew and Greek. In the kingdom of God, when we call on the name of the Lord, we're all one. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. The only label that God puts on people in the New Testament is neighbor. Anytime we say that group, those people, we create separation and division. What God was teaching Simon Peter and Cornelius and all of us today was, when you call on the name of the Lord, we are all neighbors. And if we'll just love our neighbor as ourself, that will end injustice, it'll end racism, it'll end prejudice, you name it. God is sending Peter to this city to break down walls and barriers. Imagine if you're in Simon Peter's shoes. And so he sees this and he's blown away. Verse 47 is the kicker to it all. He says, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Nobody opposes apparently because in verse 48, He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord and they asked Him to stay a few days. Verse 47 is, is absolutely crucial to this whole story. If it's against the law to enter into a Gentile city or house, then you can imagine the implications of baptizing them into water because that baptizes them into the body of Christ. Basically, he said not only is it not unclean to go into their house or their city, they're now part of the kingdom of God. Well, the disciples hear about this, and in Acts 11, James and the other Jews are furious. They are furiously mad. And in Acts 11:15, Peter says, Hey, the Holy Ghost fell on them just like he did on us as at the beginning which pacifies them. And here's the point of the whole story. The Holy Spirit breaks and destroys all cultural barriers. He knocks down every cultural wall, every cultural barrier of the times. In other words, Acts chapter 10, God is saying, there's no more prejudice. You call on the name of the Lord, everybody's part of the kingdom of God. And we have to operate that way. And you find that Jesus did it over and over and over. With, with Jesus and Mary and the, and the alabaster box, you have the situation there where uh, the, the, the town prostitute is washing his feet with her 
tears and drying them with her hair and pouring cologne on him. Time and time again, the man from Gadara. What he's doing here, what's so important to us is, with the vision right in this area, he is talking to a Jewish disciple and he's saying, Hey, buddy, the kingdom of God is not just for you anymore. It's for anybody who calls on the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. 